0: Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now live from Studio One Eleven, here's Kevin McCullough.
1: All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Uh, we shortened week for Radio Night Live due to Syracuse basketball, and uh, we we still will have uh, several shows this week. Looking forward to talking uh, legal stuff. Imran Ansari is back tomorrow night. He has been in the courtroom for the, like the last month and a half. Um, and we've been grateful for those that have filled in for him, uh, but it's going to be fun to have him back because there's a lot to get to in terms of uh, the uh, court trials of the uh, president and what is going on in the uh, current uh, political arena. We'll, we'll break down some of that uh, with him on tomorrow night's show. And, then of course, Friday, we've got the, the, the fun uh, planned for you. Christine, A.B., and the team will be with us uh, to help us celebrate the weekend properly. But tonight we're going to talk um, wellness, and I think that it is uh, always good for us to delve into um, things that are hopeful, things that that bring uh, wellness about. And one of the things I was reminded of last night, I was pulling a long shift for Salem News Channel last night. I was kind of the backup anchor, and then I um, anchored the eleven p.m. hour and guested on Mike Gallagher's hour earlier in the evening. Uh, And it was uh, exciting. You know, New Hampshire is always kind of exciting as it kicks off the, uh, the primary season. Um, But I was, I was struck once again by the talking heads on lots of the channels uh, as to uh, how divisive and terrible and mean and sarcastic and uh, everything else that the assumption is made that this process is going to be. Um, in fact, CNN was the worst. Um, and I forget the name of their 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 uh, their main guy, but the the guy with the glasses. His name just escaping me right now. Um, he he just flat out lied completely about how uh, Trump reacted in his um, acceptance his victory speech last night, and um, very much pitched it in a, in a very dishonest light. And I thought, it's interesting that to use an, an example of complaining about divisiveness, you have to lie to make your point. And I, wanna, I don't want to dog the people that did it wrong last night. I want to tell you about a story of something that happened to the good, because I think that's where wellness comes from. Um, You may have known there was a Democrat uh, primary in uh, New Hampshire last night as well. They did not have the Democrat caucuses on the night of the Iowa caucuses, but they did have the Democrat primary in New Hampshire yesterday, even though the president has said that uh, South Carolina will be the official kickoff of the primary cycle for the Democratic Party, breaking 100 years plus of tradition. But. Not to be dissuaded, Marianne Williamson, the uh, book author that has run last couple of times for president, and Dean Phillips, the uh, congressional representative from Minnesota that has declared a candidacy as a Democrat for uh, for the uh, president, uh, both were on the ballot last night. And the sitting president uh, is forced to participate as a write-in, and he did win. Uh, He got more than 50 percent of the vote as a write in Um, much more difficult for him to accomplish that than just if he was on the ballot. He probably would have had 80 percent of the vote a lot of Democrats didn't vote at all because they were upset that the party had. I mean, the turnout they had expected, maybe 100000 Democrat voters to show up last night, and they had less than that, I think, in the total of all the votes combined whereas the republicans had i don't know three or four hundred thousand uh people that showed up to uh, cast their ballots in a competitive or a more competitive race but that's not the story the story i want to tell you about is what happened to dean phillips prior to the election because early in the week he's he's going around the state and new hampshire's not that big I've been there. I've covered the uh, primary. Uh, he's driving around the state making his appearances and he hears that there's going to be a Trump rally. And he decides to go attend. And so he pulls up, goes over to where the line is lining up for people to get in. And he starts talking to Trump supporters. Um, And he ends up staying for the full thing or for most of it. He, he spoke with more than 50 Trump supporters that were at the rally. And he came away from it talking to the news channels last night with an incredible kind of revelation that dawned on him. He said, I have great friendships with both sides of the aisle. Any leader of the free world should show up and the other sides rally and say hello and greet people. And he says, I got to tell you, I spoke with about 50 and for all that you've ever heard about Trump people, you know, oh, they're MAGA and, you know, the way the president talks about, them, oh, they're Satan spawn. Like, you, you, it's, it really is kind of remarkable. I don't know how many MAGA people the, the president, President Biden knows, but I've never met a one of them that I felt was evil or somebody that, you know, had evil intent or don't even get me started on the white supremacy stuff. But no, I, I haven't met anybody like that and dean phillips the democrat from minnesota said he he spoke with about 50 people and he said this is what this this is how they impressed me they were hospitable thoughtful some of the most kind people i've ever interacted with and yesterday at the polls i said hello to everyone holding signs biden signs williamson signs my signs trump signs haley signs he says people have been so decent And I would call it uh, angertainment. Angertainment would have us believe we are so much more divided than we are. And I know on the grand scheme of things, this statement that Dean Phillips gave to this reporter in New Hampshire is not going to make a lot of difference. But I want to zero in on that last sentence. People were so decent that I would call what we do, meaning with the news channels, with the 24 hour headline seeking, face smashing, I'm going to get you at all. He said, I would call that angertainment. And angertainment would have us believe that we are so much more divided than what we really are. Now, Biden went on to win the New Hampshire primary decisively. Uh, Biden got 50% of the vote. Uh, Phillips got 20 something percent. Williamson got in double digits um but th- he, he as a sitting congressman and as a candidate for president came away from interactions with the other side with a better feeling about his country because he did it and friends if we don't take any other lesson away from this election cycle let that be one, that we can have our differences But that we can still be cordial, gentle, kind, hospitable, warm human beings, even in the midst of disagreement. I just think it's really, really important that we see it that way. All right, Kevin McCullough. we got a lot of stuff to get to. Dr. Mark Siegel's with us tonight. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, several things that uh, AI and medicine. I can't wait to get into that conversation with him because I think the robots are going to kill us. Uh, but he doesn't feel that way, so we'll get all into all of that uh, straight ahead. Kevin McCullough, very glad to be with you. Please, 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 if you miss any part of the show, go get the podcast. Uh, just look for Kevin McCullough in any podcast aggregator anywhere and subscribe and you will never, never miss another episode. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Period. <laughs> so tune in, I On Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970 The Answer. That's I On Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970 The Answer.
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. The Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com.
1: All right, it's that time each week where we get to ask a real question of one Mike Connors, and he gives his answer as we uh, talk about all things related to end-of-life care, estate law, elder care, all that stuff. Uh, Mike, this week's question comes from Kathy in the city. She says, I don't want to leave anything to my sister when I die, but do want to leave something to my niece. Can I do this? Yeah, you can do whatever you want, and that's fairly easy. I mean, you either do a will, leaving it to your niece.
2: Or you do a trust, leaving it to your niece, depending on the circumstances. If the sister is litigious and she's going to object to your will out of spite or whatever reason, then we would do a trust. If everybody gets along, maybe we do a will, but that's a conversation to be had. But basically, the law is you can do whatever you want to do with your assets. There's no restriction that you have to do leave anybody in your will, except if you're married, your spouse has a claim against your estate.
1: Right. So, Kathy, I hope that's helpful. And friends, maybe you've got a question similar. Uh, why don't you call? Uh, 718-238-6500 and uh, leave your question for Mike Connors or set up an appointment and say, hey, when can we take a look at uh, how I'm situated for the end of life? I want to make sure that my beneficiaries and those that I leave behind are well taken care of. Uh, No one helps you be more prepared than Connors and Sullivan. Uh, And then be listening as Mike Connors answers more of your questions of course each week with Kevin McCullough right here, but also Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570 and 102.3 FM The Mission, WM CA And Sunday morning, starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Recovery is real. We
3: believe in you. Every day, millions of people celebrate recovery from addiction and mental illness while others begin their journey. Join the voices for recovery. Together, we are stronger. For confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Mike Gallagher believes Americans have had it. The Fulton County uh, District
4: Attorney who is persecuting Trump for election integrity, and she is evidently up to her eyeballs in a massive personal scandal. Americans are not going to stand for this kind of
0: Obscenity. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at ten a.m. nine seventy. The Answer. Our hosts tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM nine seventy. The Answer.
5: Ooh,
1: what a little moonlight can do.
0: It's Radio Nightlife.
1: Here's Kevin McCullough. Ooh, All right. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Uh, it is Wellness Wednesday. That means we talk about those things that help make our lives more well, more healthy. Uh, we want to be pursuing uh, a good balanced life, have a lot of peace, get a lot of sleep, breathe a lot of fresh air, drink a lot of water, live longer. It's not a, it's not a tough, uh, formula. If we can just master some of these simple things, like I was saying in the monologue. The, the idea of being kind one to another, and kind of um, blowing our minds when we say uh, that you know we're, we're in this divisive era and everything's going to be divisive this year because there has there's an election so everything's going to have to be divisive. Does it have to be? I don't. I think that Dean Phillips' story is kind of instructive, but I want to ask my first guest. About that tonight, Doctor Mark Siegel is uh, part of the Fox News Medical All Star team, and he is a regular voice here at Wellness Wednesday. Um, Doc, it's good to to have you back. Happy New Year to you! So thankful to be able to touch base with you. I don't know if you saw the story about Dean Phillips, uh, the Minnesota congressman running for the Democratic nomination. He came in second to Biden last night in New Hampshire, but he was telling his story to some of the media outlets, and he was saying. You know, as an exercise of just trying to be open-minded, he went over to a Trump rally when when he found out there was one nearby. He attended part of the part of the rally. He he talked with I think it was fifty or sixty voters, somewhat in depth, and he came away, Doctor Siegel, saying his mind had been open because what the media wants to do, he says, is angertainment. I I, th- I thought that was an interesting way of putting it, angertainment. Uh, and, that they, and that they're that they kind of incentivized to keep us on edge and kind of at fisticuffs with each other all the time. And he came away going, this is a different side of the country that we don't get to see. Nobody talks about this side of the country. He, a hardened Democrat with a bunch of Trump supporters, and they had a really nice evening together. What's, what's your take on this?
4: I think you're only going to agree with uh, about 70% of what I have to say on this, but here goes. I I think that Congress... Should stop saying different things on, on the microphone than what they say behind the scenes where they actually get along pretty well. That'd be number one because they're actually amplifying the divisiveness because a lot of, and I would say the same thing about the media, except for one thing, being in the media, I can tell you that the media is driven by ratings and also by providing a perspective you know, the days of straight news are probably gone, but the, a viewer can understand that. It's not that it's not that there's fake news or that there's tainted news. It's that there's perspective news. And, that, and that's how you have to see it. The third th- So you're going to agree with me so far. The third thing is, of course, to project kindness and acceptance. And I'll give you a very powerful example of that, Kevin. In the middle of the pandemic, I did an interview with Heidi Larson from the UK, and she's the lead of the vaccine confidence project for the who and i've been a big critic of the who and so i i like i like to do comfortable interviews like you do so i went in there and i said to her i bet you think there's a lot of misinformation going on in regarding COVID. She replied, "I don't believe in the word misinformation," and I was really taken aback. I said, "What do you mean, Heidi?" She said, "Because patients come in and they're vulnerable and they're fearful and they don't know what the right answer is necessarily, and they don't want to be labeled anything. They want you to to address their concern." And I think that that was very powerful and profound. That I've been quoting that for years. So. Uh, you you gotta you gotta treat people with respect, and you gotta hear their concerns and what's making them worried, and then you have to reply with kindness and compassion and not divisiveness and and you know like you know. But here's the final piece of this that you may not agree with. I think we've gotten far afield from accepting experts, and everybody wants to have an opinion. Now that worked in the United States for many, for hundreds of years. But it's getting ridiculous now to the point where everybody wants an opinion on everything. I mean, people labeling others as mis- and disinformation may not be experts themselves. How come somebody became a vaccine expert overnight? Or conversely, how did somebody become an anti-vaccine expert? I have to tell you, luckily for me and my audience, I've been studying vaccines for 15 years. (laughs) It didn't just happen with COVID.
1: Well, and that's why we appreciate your voice. But I I've, I've always Doc, I gotta tell you, one of the things I've always appreciated about you is that no matter what question I ask you, I know you're gonna tell me honestly what you think. And you'll even pepper it by what like what you just did and say, I think there's a piece of this you may disagree with, but here's what I think anyway. I think that kind of simple strategy of saying of kind of softening the blow and saying hey there may be things we disagree upon but if you're really asking me this is what i believe and i'm willing to you know engage you in this conversation i just had an experience with one of my own children and in our own school district just this week where he came home in tears because he believed something and he believes it emotionally and strongly and the Kids that were sitting in the row in front of him in band class disagreed with him and, you know, put him down for his beliefs and said that there was not a that, you know, that he's he's not a good person because, uh, you know, he he believes the way he does and. And I've, I have took him aside and I said, Jonathan, you know that dad does this all the time, but if somebody asks your opinion of something, one of the things that you can do first is first say, hey, do you really want to know my honest opinion about this? Because we may disagree, and if we disagree, I don't want that to to hurt our, our relationship or our ability to work together or whatever else. And just the simple idea of honest communication doesn't have to lead to division and and breaking things apart in fact i think it can strengthen friendships even amongst people who disagree because there's an element that is involved in it called respect and we respect the people that we interact with and that i think is what dean phillips uh, encountered in uh, new hampshire last night
4: and i think that that's crucial and i'll, I'll say one thing about donald trump i mean i'm not going to wade into this you know po- the politics of this but when you're in his presence he tries to make you feel comfortable. I think that that's very, very true. I was at the White House in two thousand and twenty interviewing him, and he invited the entire crew in to sit to sit on the couch in front of the resolute desk he doesn't he does he he comes across in person as a very charming and 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 empathetic individual you know i am not talking about the podium messaging right, right, whether right. anyone's voting for him or not you know indictments no no none of that stuff. He comes across in an extremely charismatic and caring manner in person. And I can vouch for that.
1: Well, and I think that um, if we just had more of that, I think the thing that blew Dean Phillips' mind was, wow, here we are completely separate on the issues, but we had like this whole evening of interaction between Trump supporters, and he is a candidate on the other side, and they walked away with uh, just a better understanding of themselves as human beings. We're speaking with Dr. Mark Siegel, who, of course, you see on the Fox News channel. He is their uh, their top mind when it comes to their uh, medical stuff. And when we come back, Doc, I want to delve into a couple of things that you've been talking more about lately. I am befuddled by this story of a medical center who is uh, that is refusing uh, the right to um, treat patients uh, based on what they call a violation of their code of conduct, what what is what is becoming of medicine in this day? If this is what it uh, devolves into, we'll get Dr. Mark Siegel's take on that, and then a little bit later on uh, AI. I, I've always been afraid. I think that the robots are going to kill us all. I say that on the show all the time, but are they actually going to help us all? We will maybe maybe this will be a night where Kevin's fears are laid a little bit. Uh, we'll we'll find out more with Dr. Mark Siegel. Stay right here with us. <laughs>
3: With
6: us are in News, I'm Keith Peters reporting a Russian military transport plane crashed in a border region near Ukraine. Moscow accused Kiev of shooting it down and said all 74 people aboard were killed on Wednesday. Russia said the fatalities included 65 Ukrainian POWs. Russia offered no evidence and Ukraine didn't immediately confirm or deny it. Video of Wednesday's crash on social media from the Belgorod region of Russia showed a plane falling in a snowy and rural area. The Republican primary campaign has barely begun. Barely 400,000 votes have been cast in two rural states over the span of eight days, but after two resounding victories, former President Trump has demonstrated his dominance within the GOP that may have already rendered irrelevant the next five months of primary contests. More on these stories at townhall.com.
3: A three-game stand continues for Syracuse Saturday on a day the great Dave Bing will be honored. It's the Cuse and NC State Saturday night at 7, pregame 630. On AM 970, The Answer, New York's home for Syracuse University basketball. Are you ready for an adventure of a lifetime? Journey with me, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, on the Patriots Alaska cruise this summer. It's an incredible opportunity to engage with me and other like-minded patriots on an epic 7-day cruise over Fourth of July weekend. Witness the untouched wilderness of Alaska while discussing America's future. What could be better? Join me from June 29th to July 6th. Call 855 855- 565-5519 or reserve online. PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com
0: Want more of AM970 The Answer and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for breaking news. What's coming up on the radio. Thoughts from our hosts. Deals from our advertisers. And more. Our handle is at am 970 The Answer. Come on, tweet with us. Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com
1: Hi, Kevin McCullough. Let me tell you about a very interesting new book that has just been released, and some are saying is a must-read. It's called Two Creations, Barah and Asa, and the author, Emmanuel J. Charles, reveals the secret of creation from the book of Genesis. He reveals that life on earth was not evolved, but created by Almighty God. He explains that the first three verses of the Bible should be considered as three distinct events that took place in four different eras of earth's history. This book presents undeniable claims supported by logical reasoning, scientific evidence, and biblical truth. This book gives pastors and professors the ability to teach the creation account in churches and academic institutions boldly, without any doubt or hesitation. Many young students are walking away from their faith due to the lack of evidence to refute the theory of evolution and the promises that they will finally find answers in this book. Visit Amazon.com to get your copy today. Buy your copy of Two Creations, Barah and Asa by Emmanuel J. Charles, today.
5: This is Seth Liebson of 960thepatriot.com for townhall.com. Is the United States still a global superpower, or simply any kind of power? Iran has been pushing us around, and with its proxies, continues to launch rockets at U.S. forces. Two U.S. Navy SEALs were just killed, trying to prevent illegal Iranian arms shipments. A U.S. base in Iraq was just attacked by Iran. Russia invades an ally of ours in Ukraine. Israel, a major ally, was subjected to an unfathomable act of bloodlust terrorism redolent of Caligula. Taiwan is increasingly threatened by China, and our southern border has been obliterated. What Gene Kirkpatrick said of Jimmy Carter in 1979 can be said again today. Due to the actions and inactions of our president, the U.S. is in a posture of continuous self-abasement and apology. The United States and civilization itself simply cannot go on like this. This November, we must take the kick me sign off our country's back. I'm Seth Pepperdine.
0: Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website. AM970 the answer.com. And now from New York, back to Radio Night Life. Here's Kevin McCullough.
1: Welcome back. It's Wellness Wednesday, and Kevin McCullough and Dr. Mark Siegel, um, enjoying a, a time of uh, I don't know, I always feel like I'm I'm sitting at your footstool learning from you, Doc, whenever you're here. So thank you for uh, letting me be your student at least uh, every now and then. Um, you posted a story and you talked about it on the news channel. Um, and it's I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around this. but recently a medical center, had threatened to refuse patients who violated a code of conduct. Um, What happened and what was your reaction to it when you heard about it?
4: I was stunned, too, because I I think it revealed something uh, that was more nuanced. There was a big debate. It has been a big debate for a long time, Kevin, about whether doctors have to adhere to a certain code of behavior i've kind of balked at that idea because we tend to be a little unruly if we're in the trenches if we're operating i'm not i'm not a surgeon but imagine being in a 10-hour operation and also feeling that there's a code of conduct superimposed on you i mean uh, look most doctors behave within an accepted norm. They're not cursing, they're not, you know, lashing out. But I have I have always had compassion for those who do because it's such a stressful field. And I also think that as doctors we learn to treat people the same because we start with body organs. We start with everyone being the same, other than I always like to say we find out when we study female anatomy it's actually superior, by the way. But <laughs> but you know, clearly we didn't we didn't demarcate skin color when we were in medical school and study in cadavers and maybe we need lessons on that maybe we don't that's debatable but the idea of extending that woke philosophy to patients is scary beyond belief because patients are in pain they're vulnerable they're in a gown that ties at the back I mean, they're not, they're not, uh, under control. We are. And so I don't want to be in a position of evaluating them. I can't even imagine a hospital turning away someone because they didn't like their tone of voice or their body language or what they perceived to be a put down. No by the way, a patient shouldn't be able to say, get me a different doctor. I don't like the the color of that one's skin. No, they shouldn't be able to do that, but nor should they be dismissed for any kind of co- comment they make or cursing they do. I don't want patients under that kind of scrutiny. Now, the hospital then responded back to Fox and said, well, we're really talking about pretend, pretended violence here. That is not what they were talking about but in that case
1: of course i agree with that you don't want anyone threatening your staff in a physical way ever well that's what i was going to ask i mean to what degree does a lack of a code of conduct uh, get a pass if the person that is behaving poorly uh del- you know f- crosses the line and goes into a, a personal uh violent uh, uh attack although i guess maybe a hospital is as good of any other place for someone like that to be if you can c- control him and get him into a straitjacket and help him calm down. I mean, there's there's at least so, some knowledge so. of... of I mean,
4: that's what you have security people for. I've taken care of people in handcuffs. In the Bellevue ER, I've taken care of murderers next to their... I mean, attempted murderers next to their victims. Wow. We take care of both. We take care of all comers. I mean, I talked to Israel about this. At the beginning, post uh, October seventh, right. they said, "Look, if you think we only take care of Jews here, it's not true. We take care of terrorists in this hospital, also. The medical profession is trained to take care of all comers, and we must, we can't turn them away."
1: Well, and in the in the view of first do no harm, I mean that's that's as old as the Hippocratic oath itself.
4: There's no question about that, and I like the oath of Maimonides, which. That says look for look in a, look for a in a patient look for a fellow creature in pain, implying we're all going to be patients, and and that's where that is such a calling because we're all going to be in that that condition. So it's a privilege to be able to take care of others who need us.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I couldn't agree more. Um, so so the hospital responded back and they said, no, this was just about somebody who was violent. So did they just deny that they had uh, implied anything other than that? How did the story end?
4: Well, I didn't, I'm not the one who sent them that question. That, was, that came from our people. I don't know what question they were asked or whether they were denying it, but they, but they clearly have a policy that, 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 that has to do with a code of behavior. Now, other hospitals might list you as a disruptive patient in your chart if you threaten people or are you're perceived to be disruptive, but that's not the same thing as denying care. That's a that's a thing of that's a thing where you're you're alerting other people, uh, health care providers, that there might be an issue here. Be, you know, being a little concerned, the person might laugh out at you, not denying care. It's the it's the part about going to the point of denying care that bothers me.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that uh, makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm I'm hopeful and and very optimistic that we won't come to that situation on a mass level, in terms of our uh, medical practice here in the states, um, when we come back, Doctor Siegel, you've also had a couple of very interesting conversations recently on your own uh, radio show, which people can hear over on the uh, Sirius XM uh, Doctor Radio Show on a regular basis. Um, but I want to talk to you about your recent conversation regarding um, um, artificial intelligence and what it's doing, what its impact that it's having. On um, medical practice now AI was without question One of the biggest news stories in 23 um, And I think medicine is going to be One of the areas of its biggest impact In 24, we'll talk about that With Dr. Mark Siegel when we continue Stay here
2: hand towels and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98 for a limited time. You can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code P. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code P to
3: save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. There's nothing worse than hearing about people living in pain. So I'd like to tell you about Keith from Washington and his Relief Factor story. After years of activity, from college football to running a martial arts studio, at age 51, Keith's body felt like it was wearing out. So he gave Relief Factor a try. Keith says he now has, quote, "...little to no pain in my knees and highly reduced neck pain. Feeling so much better, he pursued a second-degree black belt." I can testify to everything except the black belt part, how much it has helped me, Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pain, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. To get started, try the Relief Factor 3-Week Quick Start Kit. It's only $19.95. Comes with a feel-better or your money-back guarantee. Visit relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. That's 800, the number 4 relief. Our hosts tell it like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970. The answer.
0: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hugh Hewitt says shame on South Africa. Now, the proceeding that South Africa triggered at the International Court of Justice by accusing Israel of committing genocide against the Palestinians is a charade and a farce, a terrible damage to South Africa's reputation. I'll never go there. I really, I I will have never set foot in South Africa until this regime has changed. It is so gross what they've done. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday. Mornings at three, right before Joe Piscopo at six. Anea nine seventy. The answer.
1: Paramus Sunrise Rotary is hosting its first ever dinner and comedy night on January twenty six at Visitation's Church Hall, located at two thirty four North Fairview Avenue in Paramus, New Jersey. A six excellent comedian lineup that will be performing all family friendly material. Food provided by the excellent DR Catering, along with soft drinks. And if you like, BYOB for your adult beverages. All proceeds supporting CF Limitless, a wonderful organization providing scholarships to college-age students living with cystic fibrosis. So come and join the Paramus Sunrise Rotary and DR Catering at Visitation Church Hall in Paramus, New Jersey, on January 26th at 6.30 for dinner and Great Comedy starting at 7.30. All for the great price of only $45. Buy your tickets now at linkpages.pro backslash Twenty twenty four. That's linkpages.pro backslash Paramus Comedy 2024. See you there on January 26th at 630. AM
0: 970, The Answer. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs> and now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough.
1: All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you uh, with us. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, one of my favorites from the Fox News Medical All-Star team, is back with us here in 2024. And recently, Dr. Siegel, you sat down with bioethicist Arthur Kaplan, who's a professor uh, professor of medical ethics at uh, New York Langone. You have a relationship with that establishment as well, about the role of artificial intelligence in medical education and beyond um I, I just just for context, I used to do a regular tech segment on my show as well, and I would always tell my tech guys that I was scared to death of AI because I'm, I'm assuming that the robots will become sentient and uh, kill us all at one point someday. Um, they assured me that my fears were needed to be allayed. And uh, as we started to talk about technology and medicine, I did run across a story where IBM's Watson, at one point, uh, began a medical residency in the University of North Carolina hospital system. And after uh, a period of time diagnosing uh, patients... Uh, That the Watson system, which they didn't use as a primary diagnosis system, but they used it as kind of a a confirmation or a secondary opinion, uh, was actually getting by a small percentage the diagnoses more accurate than the medical doctors and did quite well. Um, So I'm very curious about this topic and your conversation with Dr. Kaplan.
4: Well, you know, uh my my conversation with Art was referring back to a conversation I'd had on the previous show with Dr. Scott Gottlieb who uh is, does many things actually. He's a former FDA commissioner and he was he had written in the Journal of the American Medical Association about the steps that are involved with approving AI products for healthcare and that was relevant to my discussion with Kaplan too. Because what Gottlieb was saying was you can't waltz in with a large language model like chat GPT and take over the whole system. The FDA is resistant to that. But the FDA is much quicker to approve the co-pilot where, where AI is a co-pilot, like with radiological programs or cardiology programs. You know, I've been studying lately uh remote access to rhythm, uh, like, you know, better than the Apple Watch, where something actually monitors your heart rate, if we think you could have an arrhythmia, and AI is monitoring that. So I am very comfortable with AI as a co-pilot. The question is, what do you do with chat GPT? Especially if it says, if somebody says it can be used in psychiatry, and that was the p- point that Kaplan was making. Like, it doesn't have real empathy. Uh, it may sound like it does, but a computer does not care about you. Right. So there's, it's never going to be an exclusionary. Doctors always are going to have a role here. Uh, again, AI is for expediency, it's for efficiency, it's for improved diagnostic capability, it's for outreach to underserved areas. It's never to replace the doctor.
1: What what are the best areas of strength that you think AI will be most adapted in, um, most aggressively in the, in the days to come? I'm thinking in in some of the diagnosis and and you mentioned radiology, being able to see things and understand things on, on a more like mathematical and kind of science basis, not one where. Uh, discernment is required or nuance is required, but something that can be, that can find maybe something that's smaller than what the human eye could or or whatever else, are there areas where it naturally lends itself to being, uh, you know, uh, much more helpful than what we've had?
4: Well, yes, and, uh, and you've mentioned some of them. Radiology, like the program Civil for Mass General Hospital that can diagnose lung cancer before it's even even a nodule, and of course the radiologist should be happy about that. They're not that defensive about that. Cardiology is another one, Um and one that we didn't talk about yet, and I've been hearing a lot about, uh, uh dermatology also, where you could uh, r- recognize lesions of the skin. If a dermatologist isn't defensive, they'll use that information to help them decide but one that I haven't talked enough about uh, in the media yet but have talked about uh, before is the issue of intraoperative monitoring that's the future of that like ongoing monitoring maybe to help out an anesthesiologist Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking about that with our chair of neurosurgery at NYU really a, a big play for it and again I don't like the idea of AI recording conversations between doctor and patient Uh, You could argue that, that that makes record keeping easier, but it makes me nervous. I don't have a problem with my patients going on the Internet and going to chat CPT and looking up symptoms, just as I don't have a problem when they Google things. But the real issue is, are they going to believe me over Chat GPT? That's kind of the other the other point that that Art was nervous about, you know. And 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 we have to figure that part out.
1: Well, I think the reason he's nervous about it is because he he's probably seen patients like me, who, um, doc, you can probably uh, see this. I'm I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, I get a little something that I'm not sure what it is, and I I go look up, you know, something on the internet, and the next thing I know, I'm freaking out because I. <laughs> I'm afraid I've got, you know, some rare disease that's only been spotted in 2% of the population because of some vague description that I find on a on a, a you know, a medical website somewhere. When I really what I really need to do is just understand um what my symptoms are and communicate them to someone like you who I trust and and can give me that diagnosis uh, more accurately. But the the um, the abundance of information particularly about, you know, all the and it's almost as though there's no there's no ability to really sort through it like if you see a list of symptoms and you think you have all of them, you assume that that that's what you have uh It's dangerous to have that information kind of unfiltered with no understanding or nuance added to it right
4: there, There's no doubt about that, and that that is what the human element is We're not gonna get that kind of sophistication out of a computer. Uh, although we may get diagnostic accuracy and we may get uh, you know insurance approvals and and we may get uh, screening abilities, which is what I'm getting at useful for screening the nuance and the clinical judgment that's human
1: yeah, well, and i I hope that um, you know my anxiety can be set aside. <laughs> <laughs> by just
4: well you're gonna have a computer staying to you Kevin you're gonna have a computer saying to you uh Mr uh McCullough you are suffering from acute anxiety. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And we think that it's uh, you know a foreshadowing of these four other uh, you know uh, symptoms and diseases that you might have, um, Dr. Mark Siegel. We always appreciate uh, your time and everything that you're doing. Is there anything you're writing, working on right now that you can just give our my people a little uh, preview on, or are you just 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 doing the news channel and, and daily practice day to day?
4: I'm working on a few different things. They did a piece on health span Uh, that's coming out uh, because we covered that on Fox the other day, and that's very important. How do we get to a longer health span when you're healthy? Well, aren't we living longer
1: than we've lived in the past?
4: well, we are, but we're not necessarily living healthier. And I ah. and I took a look at that. I took a look at that. I'm also looking at the Florida Surgeon General and his statements on vaccines, which I think were off the wall. I looked, I'm looked. i looking at that. And of course, I'm involved with the gain of function
1: uh, controversy that's going on. That's, well, we, we need to dedicate an entire show to that at some point, because I know you just sat down with Dr. Fauci as well. Um, Dr. Mark Siegel, always appreciate your time. Thanks for being here.
4: Great to be with you, Kevin. Thank you. You got it.
1: Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away.
0: the best possible outcome. At Idola, Bertuna & Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idola, Bertuna & Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna & Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. I'm Ferenc Toth, host of the Your Personal Bank Show. I use common sense as an entrepreneur, financial literacy educator, and speaker to understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Grow your money safely, reduce taxes, increase returns, and create positive arbitrage with Your Personal Bank. Tune in Saturdays at 4 p.m. or contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. The Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Saturdays at 4 p.m. on AM 970 The Answer.
2: Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I'd like to introduce you to the premier business in the investigative and security field in the United States today. Brosnan Risk Consultants. Founded by my friend Pat Brosnan, decorated retired NYPD detective. You must be diligent in protecting the business you work so hard to grow, family you cherish, and the lifestyle you've achieved. Luckily, there is Brosnan Risk Consultants to keep your business healthy, keep your family safe, and identify the approaching rising tide of danger and loss well before it destroys what you have built. Brosnan Risk Consultants have been protecting clients for over 25 years, operational in 45 states and over 500 cities. Don't settle for second best. Brosnan is the gold standard in investigative and security services. Call now 800 590 2180 or go online to Brosnan Risk risk
5: dot com. War has played a key role in the history of the United States, from the nation's founding right down to the present. Wars made the United States independent, kept it together, increased its size, and established it as a global superpower. Hi, I'm James Early, host of the Key Battles of American History podcast. In each episode, I discuss American history through the lens of the most important battles of America's wars. To start listening now, Go to ParthenonPodcast.com or search Key Battles of
0: American History on your favorite podcasting platform. Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM970 The Answer. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough.
1: All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to be with you for the final few minutes. Um, I I just need to end on a story that I think I started with a story that I think is a good example of uh, a healthy society. You know, where Dean Phillips uh, interacted with Donald Trump supporters this week and came away with this, like, incredibly warm sensation of hospitality and kindness and all that. That's good. We want we want to applaud as much of that going any direction. If it had been a Trump supporter going over to the Dean Phillips rally and they found the same thing, that's that's great. That's the kind of healthy interaction we want to suggest uh, in, in our society. Here's, here's an example of something that, that we don't want to do. <laughs> um, a bridesmaid revealed during a live radio show on Monday that she will be skipping her best friend's wedding in order to attend a Taylor Swift concert in Melbourne, Australia. The Australian radio show called The Fox 101.9 with Fifi Feb and Nick. It's just Australian funny names, I guess. Um the the woman, Olivia, revealed she would be missing the bride, Jessica's wedding, because Taylor Swift's concert in Melbourne, she called the show to break the news to the bride. So not only did she had she told her friend, her best friend, I'm going to be in your wedding. Uh, and the, your wedding is the most like important day of your life. And as your best friend, I want to be part of it. She would probably have been offended if she had not been invited to be part of it. Let's just put it that way. So now she's saying uh, not only is she not going to be there, she doesn't even have the guts to tell her to her face or to call her personally. She calls a radio show to announce that she's not going. She told the host that the bride had been complaining about Swift ruining her wedding for weeks. And then she called the show. She said, I haven't told you that I got tickets for the Saturday. And this was done before Christmas. The bridemaid also. Bridesmaid also hoped to figure out a way to attend the wedding during the day and leave early for the concert. Uh, Is this a prank? (laughs) The bride asks, are you joking? And she said that uh, then she felt really bad and explained how much she loved Swift. Okay, I've I've kind of seen this firsthand. I, I know that the Swifties, they're very radical about being Swifties. They love the Swifties. She said, you've known this since before December, and it's three weeks until my wedding, and you're just now telling me, said the bride. How are you going to come to my wedding and then go to Taylor Swift and come back? The bride pressed further and asked how that would even be possible. The bridesmaid teared up and said she sounded like such a bad friend. She said, I've been anxious about it. I know how much this wedding means to you, and I've been there through every step of the way. And when we're trying on the bridesmaids dresses, I was going to tell you (laughs) she she went through the bridesmaid. Oh, man, you talk about um, a crummy way to go about it. So if Dean Phillips going to see the Trump supporters in their rally was a healthy thing to do, and I contend that it was, this is about as unhealthy a way as possible that you could handle uh, your bridesmaid situation. With your supposed best friend who you'd already said you were going to be in the wedding for, and then you drop in the bomb when you've known for weeks, and she's just supposed to be okay with it? I don't think that's very healthy. Do do, do the hard thing. Say the hard truth. Be kind. Try to be understanding. But don't just wimp out. Okay, that's my take on it. Kevin McCullough, glad to have had you with us. We'll see you next time.